That's not the sound of the Canadian election. You're right. But don't worry. We'll have some reaction about the Jewish Canadian candidates later and also in coming episodes. The sound you actually heard is from a video taken inside a specially chartered airplane. And the 43 people you hear saying thank you have just escaped from Afghanistan. And they're on their way pretty soon to new lives, including many destined for Canada. This is the inside story of how they got onto that plane, chartered by a private citizen, Canadian Sylvan Adams, in the wake of the American pullout from Afghanistan in August. The rescue was made even more necessary because the Canadian government also pulled its staff out of Afghanistan. So we got this clandestine rescue effort by an international team of Canadians and Israelis to save some of the women athletes on the Afghan women's cycling team plus other women and their families who were in danger of persecution after the Taliban takeover. So literally, our girls were at the border with Taliban guns trained at their heads, and, I, and I'm not exaggerating, when a phone call goes to the president of Tajikistan. This is really cloak and dagger stuff. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, September 23rd, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. sounds like it could be a movie, and maybe one day they might make one about this operation. Sylvan Adams is well-connected in the cycling world. After a lifetime of running his family's real estate development firm in Montreal, Adams moved to Israel a few years ago, and he helped found Israel's first professional cycling team. They race in the Tour de France, among other races, under the name Israel Startup Nation. Adams is also one of the wealthiest people in the world, and he's part of Bill Gates's Giving Pledge Group. That includes the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and Abramfman and even Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, who all pledged to give away most of their fortunes to good causes. Coming up, Sylvan Adams will be here to share the details of the nerve-wracking rescue and how it happened, ironically, on the first anniversary of the Abraham Accords, which established diplomatic ties between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, and that helped make things fall into place. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Hernan Popper in Winnipeg, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. In New York Wednesday, it was the 20th anniversary conference known as Durban 4, and it went ahead at the United Nations. But 31 countries, including Canada, the U.S., Israel and others, boycotted the proceedings. Now, it's not the first time this U.N. conference has been the subject of a boycott. The first one in Durban, South Africa, was held in 2001. But instead of being about ending racism and hatred, the conference became all about demonizing Israel and Zionism. So Israel and the U.S. delegation walked out. Now, this year saw the largest number of countries boycotting the conference. The UN has said Durban 4 will reinforce the pledges they made 20 years ago at the first conference. This year's theme is supposed to be about reparations, racial justice, and equality for people of African descent. Meanwhile, in Canadian election news, you all know the results already from the Monday vote, so I don't need to tell you about them, but environmentalist Avi Lewis didn't win in his campaign for the NDP in the riding of West Vancouver, Sunshine Coast, and Sea to Sky. Also in BC, in the riding of Nanaimo Ladysmith. 
Uh, results aren't in yet for who actually won. The Jewish conservative candidate, Tamara Cronus, was trailing by fewer than a thousand votes behind the NDP, and counting was still going on. Sylvan Adams was named this year as one of the most influential people in Israel by the Jerusalem Post. His name is on the Montreal YMYWHA, his cycling teams are racing at events around Europe, and he backed Israel's attempt to land a rocket on the moon. But for the last month, he's been focused on Afghanistan. Sylvan Adams is here now from Miami. It's great to have you. Listen, uh, you've just been involved in uh, an operation, which is slowly the details are starting to come out. And uh, I wonder if you could just take a step back and sort of walk us through the timeline of how this all started. So um, I was contacted by a journalist that I know um, that has interviewed me in the past, a cycling, cycling journalist, and she was in touch with a woman, an American woman, who had done, uh, who had been a coach of um, of the Afghan uh, women's cycling team, um, and this uh, journalist knew that I, I'm involved in some humanitarian works, uh, and so she she was inquiring whether I had some any kind of contacts or could be helpful in any way in terms of uh, helping to get these Afghan women cyclists out of the country be, because of the, the rampage of the, of the Taliban and, uh, and the impending doom that, 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 uh, that, you know, that everyone was foreseeing at that point. And of course, the, the, these poor women are, 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 are terrified. I mean, they're facing their, their worst nightmare. Um, so I started uh, using my contacts and, and I do have some contacts and I came across the most wonderful Israeli NGO by the name of Israaid, um, headed by a, a fantastic guy, Yotam uh, Polizer. Um, and it, I, they had boots on the ground. They had, they, had some, they had logistics in Afghanistan to help out with this cause. So I said to, to Yotam from the beginning, I said, listen, um, this is the group of women that we're targeting. Obviously, we can't save everybody. Uh, it's, it's a terribly tragic story to, to be able to basically cherry pick, um, you know, a few lucky women. And I did so because of my connections to cycling. So we got Yotam on the case. We made lists of these women. And Yotam put his people to work. He has operatives um, on the ground in Afghanistan, Afghanis, uh, who are working surreptitiously. And, uh, and, and, and really, they, they, get the, they get the job done in a, in, a, in a most remarkable way. And I said to Yotam, no matter what it costs, let's, let's do what, you know, I've got this covered uh, and let's make it happen. So initially, before the, this, this all started before the U.S. pulled out, before the U.S. deadline of August the 31st, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a week or, or nine days uh, prior to the deadline. So we, th we, we brought all the women to the airport and we, we had them on a uh, flight. Uh, to Germany. We, we had them reserved on going to go to Germany because they needed to go to a transit country. Um, and the and then what we needed was a, a comfort letter from Canada because Canada, um, you know, the, the Liberal government has pledged to accept 20,000 uh, Afghan refugees. And I mean, there's no group that's more needy than a group of women cyclists where in Afghanistan, at best, you are persecuted for riding your bike. And at worst, literally killed uh, for simply riding your bicycle. So, so the, of course, they, they, they qualify as, as refugees. And, um, and we were, started to work with, with, firstly, with the PMO 
uh, and then with um, Minister Mendocino's uh, office. And by the time they got us the comfort letter, and I guess it had to be vetted by lawyers, and you know, you know how, how these things go, uh, and everybody was working in good faith, but by the time um, by the time we finally got the letter, and it was a perfect letter, uh, the Germans weren't flying anymore. They, they closed down their operation, and Canada had closed its operation. And we decided to embark on a plan B, which was to travel to the border with, of Tajikistan and literally walk across the border uh, to the neighboring country. So um, we had a problem because this, this now fell a day or two after uh, the August 31st deadline. And there was a long, long, long uh, lineup of people at the border and we had trouble prioritizing uh, who was going to be able to get through. And this is where another piece of good fortune uh, emerged, which is I know uh, a gentleman who just retired as CEO of the world's largest mining company. And he told me that he had just built a smelter in Tajikistan and he knew the president personally. So literally our girls were at the border with Taliban guns trained at their heads, and, I, and I'm not exaggerating, when a phone call goes to the president of Tajikistan, this is really cloak and dagger stuff, and uh, they were permitted entry into Tajikistan. Thereafter, our new Abraham Accord partners uh, who had heard about this mission, uh, they generously uh, offered to be a hosting country while our Afghan women uh, complete their paperwork to uh, to be accepted as refugees in Canada. What would have happened, do you think, if the Taliban had discovered that Israel and Jews were involved in this? I dread to think. I don't even want to. I don't want to answer your question. I dread to think what could have happened. What is the situation? How is CJA and Canadian law firms and any other like OMETs and things like that? How how are they all involved uh, in this process? So what did you do? So they, they were helpful. You know, I reached out to all my Canadian contacts, all my Israeli contacts. They were helpful in terms of uh, getting to uh, the Trudeau administration and getting to Minister Mendocino's office. They worked, they worked with them. Um, so they, they were good in terms of getting, getting the necessary and helping us with the logistics of applying for refugee status. Um, so again, they were part, part of the team. Uh, you know, uh, there were many, many moving parts and, and a lot of people that ultimately got involved, including our, as I said, our Emirati friends uh, that offered to host them. So, um, listen, I, I'm really, really grateful to every to how much people care and how, how, how much effort went into uh, saving these women. You know, we have we practice the ancient Jewish imperative of tikkun olam. Would you have a comment on the length of time that this took? And Canada's um, been coming under a lot of criticism for the way uh, it had stopped and left and closed down the embassy and left a lot of Canadians and others stranded. I think Canada and all the other Western countries really uh, fell victim to, to an American decision and the manner in which the Americans pulled out, which I think is, uh, is really an unacceptable thing. Have you met or talked to any of these women or are you going to meet them at all? I had considered flying to Dubai to meet them, just to, just to see the joy on their faces. 
Um, and it, yeah, I decided I, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to just, you know, go there for a photo op. So, um, yeah, I hope to have an opportunity to meet them. Maybe we'll recruit some one day for, for an Israel startup nation, female professional team. And that they never looked back and, uh, you know, and, and, and they, but there were some tragic stories. I had a testimonial from one of them who, uh, who said, you know, her husband, I'm really, really worried about my husband. He's still stuck in Afghanistan. So this, this is a, this story isn't over this uh, and there's going to be a lot more heartbreak along the way, I think for, for the families and, 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 and for many other people, of course, for, for millions of Afghans. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN daily sponsored by Metropia integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Now, it's been a while, but I want to bring my listener shout out back today and say a special hello to Lynn Herzeg in Montreal. Lynn wrote to tell me she has binge listened to 36 episodes of the podcast. Boy, does she ever deserve this shout out. She started with the episode we did dating back to July 13th, which is the one where I spoke to two Canadian veterans of the 1948 Israel War of Independence. And then she listened to all the rest up to now. That is awesome, Lynn. So, okay, guys, I'm throwing down a challenge. Catch up on some episodes you've missed and then get in touch with and let me know what episodes you really liked. And then you can get your shout out too. You can email me at ebessner at thecjn.ca, E-B-E-S-S-N-E-R at thecjn.ca, or just find me on Facebook. And we'll end today's episode with a little snippet from Jim Carr's thank you speech on election night. Carr is a Liberal cabinet minister from Winnipeg. He was re-elected on Monday for his third term in office. And elections really are about a report card. They're about the people giving us a grade of how they think we have done and how they think we're going to do as they compare our platforms with the platforms of the other parties. And the people of Canada and the people of Winnipeg South Centre have chosen the Liberal Party to lead the country forward.